Thinking in English now has a Patreon. If you love listening to my podcast and you want to help and support the podcast to grow, please consider subscribing. We run weekly conversation clubs exclusive to Patreon subscribers where you can practice speaking with other learners and other native ESL tutors. They take place every Tuesday at 12pm and 6pm UK time, so work out your own time zones. There's also bonus episodes, one-on-one classes with myself and much more. So click the link in the description or head over to patreon.com forward slash thinking in English. Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level English learners. Today, let's learn some useful methods to make your English writing clearer and more concise. You can find the full transcript of today's episode over on the Thinking in English blog. Head over to my Instagram page, Thinking in English podcast, for more content and leave a like, review or rating wherever you are listening right now. Here is today's episode. Learning to write in a clear and concise manner is an important skill for many English learners. Most of you listening at least those of you who I have talked with in person, tend to write in English a lot more than you speak in English. Maybe you need to write English emails to colleagues, clients or suppliers overseas. Perhaps your company published monthly English language reports or summaries. Or you need to update your business's website with English language articles and descriptions. Or at university, you have to write English language papers. In business, writing is an essential skill. And often the key purpose, the main aim of business writing, is to communicate a a direct message. To tell someone, your colleague, boss, client, supplier, something. This is usually why we write emails or reports. In other parts of life, writing can be different. In literature, writing is designed to entertain, to tell a story to the readers. In marketing, writing is designed to captivate and persuade people. My podcast, which I write as a script first, is designed to entertain, educate and demonstrate vocabulary at the same time. But at work and some other parts of your life, Sometimes, clearly communicating your message is the most important element for a writer. Of course, complicated topics may require a long email or a lot of space, but wordy and repetitive writing can make it more difficult to understand what you are saying. When I write this podcast, I want people to spend time thinking about the topics, the language I use and the content. But when I sent an email to the Japanese immigration office last week, I wanted them to understand what I was asking straight away. So I wrote them a very concise email. Here it is. My name is Tom Wilkinson. I am currently in Japan on a student visa. Could you please explain the process of extending a visa once I have finished my research? Two sentences, with formal greetings added, added, of course. So a concise and clear email 
which received a concise and clear response. And that is exactly what I wanted. If you add in too many words, idioms, jargon, or meaningless phrases, you may start to confuse the target audience of your writing. You want people to spend time thinking about what you are saying, rather than spend time trying to figure out what you mean. So, I am going to give you a few tips to help you write clearly and concisely. As I already mentioned, this isn't necessarily relevant for everyone, and I certainly don't always follow the advice I'm about to give you. But for people who need English for work, learning the skill of concise writing is invaluable. Deleting meaningless words. One of the best methods to make writing more concise is to remove adverbs. This might sound hypocritical, as I often use adverbs in my podcast. But when I write in business or academic situations, I try to cut them out. Of course, if the adverb is essential to the meaning of your sentence, you should keep it. But often they add nothing to your writing. They are meaningless words. Let me give you an example. Here is a sentence with adverbs. Listen carefully. People are so used to using adverbs that it can actually sound totally strange to not use them. Generally, once you stop using adverbs, you won't really miss them, and your writing will literally improve. Here is the same sentence without adverbs. Listen carefully. People are so used to using adverbs that it can sound strange to not use them. Once you stop using adverbs, you won't miss them, and your writing will improve. Both of these sentences communicate the same meaning, but the sentence without adverbs is significantly clearer. Try asking yourself some questions while writing to help decide if a word is essential. If you cut the word, does the meaning change? If you keep the word, will your message be less powerful? What does the word add to yourself, add to your sentence? Asking these questions can help you decide whether to keep it or get rid of it. Sometimes an adverb can have an important contribution to a sentence. Take another example.、Um, the Thinking in English Conversation Club is exclusively available to Patreon subscribers. In this sentence, the adverb exclusively is emphasizing that only a Patreon subscriber can join my conversation club. And that is an important part of the sentence. If you wanted, or if I wanted, to be clearer, I could rewrite the sentence too. You must be a member of the Patreon to join the Thinking in English Conversation Club. So, in summary, keep the words that are essential, cut the words that are not essential, and try rewriting sentences instead of using adverbs. Cut out descriptive sentences. Descriptive sentences are another thing you can cut out or reduce to make your writing more concise and clear. Remember, you don't need to write a story or describe everything that happened in your deport, reports, documents, and emails. Consider this example. I had a meeting with the potential supplier last week. After listening to their pitch, I believe we should reconsider our partnership. The first sentence, 
I had a meeting with a potential supplier last week. Does offer some new information, but it doesn't really tell you why it matters. Instead, try to add a claim or an important piece of information to each descriptive sentence. For example, after meeting with the potential supplier last week, I believe we should reconsider our partnership. Now, we have kept all of that information while telling people it mattered and giving them a clue about what to expect from the rest of the paragraph or document. And I have less words. I've shortened it by combining a descriptive sentence with the information. Even if you do just want to describe the meeting you had and you don't want or need to talk about the consequences, you can still add more information to help the reader focus their attention. When writing, you need to make it as easy as possible for the reader to comprehend your message. For example, instead of I had a meeting with the potential supplier, you could write something like my meeting with the potential supplier focused on cost-cutting initiatives. Instead of putting the emphasis on the meeting, you have now put the focus on the topic of the meeting. And that is the important thing, right? Focus your sentences, focus your writing on what you actually want to talk about. The meeting wasn't important. It's what you discussed in the meeting. Stop repeating yourself. Now, when I write Thinking in English episodes, I often repeat myself. But this is to reiterate points, demonstrate similar grammar, and give English learners another opportunity to understand what I'm saying. But when writing professional emails or reports, this is not necessary. Let me give you an example of these overlapping sentences. Every Friday, I upload bonus Thinking in English episodes on my Patreon, you can find the episodes over on Patreon and they include more personal topics and recommendations than the main episodes. In this example, the first sentence makes a point, I upload bonus episodes, which is then expanded upon in the second sentence, I upload bonus episodes with exclusive content. However, I can cut out repetition and combine everything into one sentence. Every Friday, I upload bonus thinking in English episodes covering personal topics and recommendations on my Patreon. By combining the two sentences, I have cut out a lot of words and repetition, but the meaning is identical. It is now clearer and more concise. Don't explain it, just do it. Here are two example sentences. I want to reiterate that attendance at next week's meeting is compulsory. Attendance at next week's meeting is compulsory. You don't always need to offer a commentary of what you are doing. In other words, when writing business English, you should focus on the message you are trying to express rather than explaining what you are doing. In some circumstances, you may want the reader to follow your thought process. But most of the time, the reader probably cares more about the final message. So it's better to cut out your commentary. So in those two examples, you don't need to say, I want to reiterate, because that is your own thought process. What comes later is more important. 
Other examples of this kind of writing include, I want to point out. I will now offer you. I am going to explain. Cutting out phrases like this will put the focus on your message rather than on your thought process. Active sentences instead of passive sentences. Sometimes. And finally, using active sentences can make your point clearer and reduce the need for follow-up emails or confirmation emails. Here is an example from an email I recently received. Documents must be approved by next week. While I knew what documents needed to be approved, I was a little confused when I received this email. Who do I need to approve my documents? The email doesn't mention this at all because it speaks passively. It doesn't mention the approver. It just says they must be approved. So I needed to send another email asking for clarification, which slowed down the whole process. Things would have been much simpler if the office had just used an active sentence. The general office must approve your application documents by next week. However, you shouldn't always follow the rule of active sentences over passive sentences. And that's why I said sometimes in the title of this section. It again depends on what you want to emphasise. Is your purpose in writing to focus on the person doing an action or on the action itself? Here are two examples. I have decided to close the office on Mondays. The decision has been made to close the office on Mondays. The first sentence, I have decided to close the office on Mondays, puts the focus on me and my decision. The second sentence, the decision has been made to close the office on Mondays, puts the focus on the decision itself. So here is today's final thought. Today, I have given you all a few tips on how to make your writing clearer and more concise. This is especially useful for people who need to use business English. Keeping an email or report concise will allow the focus to be on your message and facilitate easy communication. Of course, if you are working in a creative industry, these tips are not necessarily useful. And you will notice that I don't follow my own advice when writing Thinking in English episodes. But when I send important emails, I definitely keep my language concise to remove the possibility of confusion. And moreover, I often send important emails to people who don't speak English as their first language. I live in Japan, right? I send emails to Japanese people. When I was in Taiwan, I send emails to Taiwanese people. And when I email with listeners, I send emails to people from all over the world. So keeping my message clear and communicating using concise language is a really useful and important skill because I don't want to confuse people. Do you need to write in English at work? Have you ever written English language emails or reports or anything really? How was it? Let us know in the comments on the Thinking in English blog, the comments on Spotify, or send me, an e send me a message on Instagram, Thinking in English podcast over on Instagram. You'll find lots of good bonus content for English learners over on the Instagram. Also, if you love listening to Thinking in English, 
please consider leaving a five-star rating on Spotify or writing a review on Apple. It would mean a lot to me. And if you really love listening to Thinking in English, please consider subscribing to the Thinking in English Patreon. Thinking in English Patreon is a subscription platform for you guys to help support me and help support the podcast to grow. And in return, you can join our weekly conversation clubs on Tuesdays. They happen at 12pm and 6pm UK time, which is 8pm and 2am Japanese time and 8am 2pm Brazilian time. So work out your own time zones from those numbers. But hopefully there's a time where you can all join. And in the future, the more people who join, the more conversation clubs I will run. Right? It's quite simple. If I have 100 people signed up to the Patreon, I'll offer, two, I'll offer another session. If I have 1,000 people, I'll do one every day. Right? So the more people who join, the more sessions we can run. Uh, and bonus episodes... There's a whole bunch of bonus episodes uploaded over on Thinking in English Patreon and there are one-on-one classes. Hopefully, well, maybe by the time this uh, episode goes out, they might have all been taken up, but you can go and have a look and sign up to the top tier of the Patreon. Right now, there are eight people signed up, but there's only 10 slots. So two of you lucky people might be able to have conversations with me every month. It's up to you. And... Thank you for listening. Your support has been so amazing over the last few weeks and last few months. It's been been incredible. So I hope you all have an excellent day and I will speak to you next time.